0: Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now, your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Well, we are excited this beautiful holiday season to be moving into yet another series of worldviews and uh, just kind of trying to dispel the mist. Yeah, that comes in from the, let's say, the holiday um, fog. <laughs> you know, when, when I am uh, uh, up in the Northland, which means anywhere north of Tallahassee, Florida, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's supposed to be a joke. Yeah, so, but whenever, whenever I hit the, the, the cooler climates of, uh, let's say, Georgia, and then it gets really cold when you get to Tennessee, and then my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Oh, man. Yeah, that's when uh, really icicles form on your nose if you yes. hang outside too much. Unbearable. Unbearable. And then, of course, uh, so many of you wonderful people listen to us in Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, and New York, and even Long Island, and... um I, I went to college, of course, four years in New Jersey. I appreciate the, the chilly, but beautiful holiday uh, climates of New Jersey. But those fog uh, mornings come rolling in and, uh, you know, in, in fall and even in the winter. Sometimes it doesn't quite get down to freezing and it's just kind of a misty and it can be beautiful. But but sometimes it can just kind of penetrate. Well, we've had some foggy mornings here in uh, the the late fall, early winter here in Florida. And it's beautiful, but it's kind of hard to see. And that's kind of the theme for this week and next week, because there's some foggy ideas that spread in when you study the worldviews of the New Age and other, let's say, late 19th and also 20th 20, and even 21st century, but late 19th century, we see the appearance of worldviews that appear to be Christian on the outside. They seem to have the trappings, the wrapping paper tied up with the bows of Christianity. But when you open them up, hmm, there's something else inside. Does't look uh, like the Christianity that you and I know from our experience, from our studies, and there's something new. There's something different. And it may be something that's attractive. But then there might be something that is uh, deceptive, that gets you off onto a side rail, that takes you away from the truth. And we don't want to be unaware. We want to be fully aware of anything of that nature. So we're dealing with a couple of foggy worldviews. Is that okay to use, Nick, that uh, imagery? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. That was a good example. Okay, yeah. And by the way, speaking of dispelling the fog, thank you for uh, your work in helping us to understand Mormonism. Oh, that's real foggy, yeah. Yeah, so thank you for helping us to be aware, be discerning, be totally up-to-date on that worldview. Good job. Thank you so much, my brother in Christ, my scholar in residence. (laughs) 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 You are quite the rising uh, apologist, and uh, just keep up the good work. Thank you so much. So uh, I'm holding in my hand one such foggy volume. And it's, um, you may have heard of it, it's actually Ruth Montgomery is the author. And it's her um, description of this thing called the New Age. Um, She is really, in a way, looking at herself as the herald of the New Age. But she's also um, putting the focus on other people. Um, that she calls the Guides, the Guides, capital G. Do you know who the Guides are? Who are the Guides? The Guides are spirits that come in, oh. and they come in, and they guide you. And some of these Guides can uh, give you clues as to the future, and they can help you. How do we know they're good? Oh, well, that's the key question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over the, the kind of the blurb on the back of the show, of this... Uh, I started to say show. It is quite a show if you think of it in those terms. The guides in my previous books have provided many thought-provoking answers to these posers that have long perplexed humankind. The intent of this biography is therefore to inspire others to set forth on their own voyage of discovery, to awaken the slumbering awareness within, to realize that we are not our physical selves, but individual sparks of the creator. You see? You see? You and I are just sparks of the Creator. So, in other words, it's teaching that we have divinity. We have, if you will, a chunk of deity all in us already. Now, the deceptiveness of that statement is found right here, that we are made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. We do have genuine choice. Uh, we, do, we are held responsible for our moral choices Every minute of every day. And in that sense, we are in a kind of a mirror image of God, but those choices are marred by horrifically bad choices. In other words, a certain percentage of the day, and it's never zero. Okay, we all fail, we all sin. I hate to say this, but daily, it's as a reality. Because we never are 100%. We want to strive for that, but we're never, as Christians, 100%. We we yield our lives daily and hourly and minute by minute to the power of of God, to the Word of God, to the indwelling Spirit of God to lead us, to teach us, to empower us. But we're not perfect, but this um, distinction between being made in the image and likeness of God versus being an actual sparkling chunk of deity that we just need to take that spark and fan it into full, um, bright, shining, blazing deity. You see, that's the difference between the new age and good Christian theology. She says here, our bodies die, but we are eternal. There's some truth to that. And then it says, uh, and it Consequently, it behooves each of us to begin now to prepare ourselves for this new age that the Bible calls the millennium. Hmm. So she she's trying to co-opt the thousand years when Christ rules. Yeah. She's trying to say that that's what the millennium is all about. Is It's the new age. And well, no wonder people are very confused. And in this book, it even brings in a little bit of uh, a certain other famous um, prophetess, um, and I'm going to bring in that prophetess as well here as we get into our discussion of the New Age. So um, I'm going to be then talking this week about the New Age, and then next week we're going to move into some of the spin-off sister movements, uh, such as uh, the Unity School of Christianity, also the Christian Science uh, Movement or if you want to call it Christian, quasi-Christian or pseudo-Christian uh, organization, cult, uh, I think is one of the terms that would apply. It claims to be the truth, the true way of spiritual life and flourishing, where in fact it takes the Bible and distorts it in many de- very decisive and crucial ways in its teaching system. And both of those, by the way, both Unity School of Christianity and Christian science derived from the same source uh, of the, actually, latter latter portion of the 1800s. We'll get to that next week. But today, our focus is on the, not only the New Age, but where it came from, and what does it say? I mean, what are its main points of exposition? How is it trying to allure people into its grasp, into its clientele? and make them full-fledged enthusiastic members of that system of thought. And you know, we think of Shirley MacLaine, you know, the famous actress who embraced the new age and became probably the most famous exponent during her prime time years. You remember mm-hmm. Shirley MacLaine? Yeah. Okay. I I I don't know if she's still doing any acting. I'm assuming she's still perking along uh, probably in her I don't know 70s or Probably. Yeah. Right. But Eastern mysticism uh, was the way out of this problem, we said, uh, in our uh, book, The Universe Next Door, which is the book that inspired the name of our radio show. And so The Universe Next Door, according to the author, Jim Sire, um, the concept of this particular universe, this particular worldview of the New Age, has, a, has an on-ramp And the on-ramp, what leads to it, is Eastern mysticism. Because remember, that was a way out of nihilism. The dead end. The bad news. For nature is all there is. You and I are just particles of stuff. Protons, neutrons, electrons. Tugged and uh, pushed and pulled by what gravitational magnetic you know the law strong and weak force those forces of nature and the the stuff the matter that is being uh, pulled and stretched and pushed inside a three-dimensional but actually four-dimensional if you if you figure in time space-time continuum that is all there is and if there's no god a spiritual being above a personal being above who created nature and if there are no souls that survive death guess what we're just stuff you and I are just particles welcome to the world of not only naturalism but nihilism uh uh, Nick you have no purpose Thank you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's encouraging. <laughs> Have a great new year. <laughs> great worldview. Have a great 2020. <laughs> we, uh, we don't know what the purpose of 2020 will be, but, uh, but just eat, drink, and be yeah, merry. We don't be, know what because... great is either. <laughs> yes, that's right. So the watered-down version of Eastern mysticism, which I actually heard in a lecture when I was getting my doctorate at the University of South Florida, Transcendental Meditation, even such a watered down version like that of mysticism requires a radical reorientation of our normal way of grasping reality. In other words, you're supposed to have this um, meditation, you know, you're supposed to do some very specified modes of of emptying your mind. Uh, There are directed uh, ways of orienting your body and chanting and all these ways of preparing your body and, and mind to kind of connect with whatever may be out there uh, that is beyond the physical, that's not the normal scientific West. So this is a departure from our normal way of thinking. And so people uh, in, the, in the West were very much ready in the 1940s and 50s, early 60s, for the entry of this thing that we call the New Age. And there's a whole host of adv- advocates, scholars, authors. If you go to, oh, Barnes & Noble, any of the great book chain stores, um, there is a gigantic, even to this day, I've, I kind of keep up on this, section of the store that is devoted to the New Age. I, I just am amazed at how many books populate those shelves. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, and I, I'm sure uh, Oprah Helps largely with that. Oprah she, does. She's been called the high priestess of the New Age. She so. is indeed. She's like the Apostle Paul of the New Age, has been for 20 plus years. Okay, so when uh, Jim Sire's book was first published, uh, there were just a few attempts to bring all those New Age notions together and really kind of put them together under one cover. And so the schemes, the you know, the kind of the systematic nature of any early attempt uh, were found in such books as Marilyn Ferguson and the Aquarian Conspiracy. Do you like that title of that book? Yeah, <laughs> sounds very conspiratorial. The Aquarians' Conspiracy, or Fritjof Capra, The Turning Point, and then perhaps the most famous book of all, Ken Wilber, uh, A Brief History of Everything. It almost oh. sounds like Stephen Hawking's. Period. It does. It really, good, good observation. Well, Ken Wilber uh, is actually a guy I encountered in my doctoral program in rhetoric. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because his rhetoric is so zingy. I mean, and so people in the area of rhetoric noted that he, uh, you know, he makes all these interesting claims that uh, we are creating reality through our words. It's almost like word magic, you know. I declare you my... Dragon, my pet dragon. <laughs> and guess what? All of a sudden, wait a minute, you did not turn into a dragon. Come on, Nick, try again. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. <laughs> it, it didn't work. Oh, well, so much for word magic. Okay, so, uh, and, and interestingly enough, one of the great resources, I, just, I need to mention this, and um, I, I just really, I'm so thankful for this amazing scholar, is Doug Groteis. Uh, Doug Groteis, Unmasking the New Age. It's probably the single best readable book. Uh, It's from University Press. Doug Groteis, by the way, it's a funny spelling. Let me just give that to you. G-R-O-O, that's double O. And then the T is actually a T-H, like the T-H of Beethoven. And then the ICE is not I-C-E, it's U-I-S. So you're familiar with that, his other book. Christian, yeah. Christian apologetics. Yeah, yeah, he has a ton of books. Oh, yeah, he does have a ton of books. I think he's written probably, I don't know, six or eight or ten. Yeah, uh, clu- I'm sure. including a couple really famous philosophical books, one on Jesus and one on Pascal. But anyway, Doug Grothuis, G R O O T H U I S. Doug Grothuis, great scholar, top uh, drawer. I mean, he's like the scholar in residence at Denver Seminary, he has written a very powerful book. I think he's actually written three books on the New Age, but Unmasking the New Age is Mandatory Reading, if you want to dive into this area. So by the mid-70s, articles and even cover stories in Time magazine were really featuring these topics, these questions, you know, the discussion of what is the New Age teaching? Is it the newest breakthrough in understanding what religion really is teaching us and the road to actual reality as we're finally figuring it out. And so uh, by the end of 1987, that's uh, what, about 30, what, 35 almost years ago, not quite, 32, actually, Time magazine focused on the New Age with a cover featuring Shirley MacLaine. And her story surveyed faith healers, channelers, space travelers, and crystals galore. Does that sound familiar? Sounds interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a very, very fascinating. McLean uh, dropped out as a major uh, New Age leader, and by the 90s, New Age stories uh, were no longer like avant-garde. Uh, but with 20 New Age journals and with all the bookshelf and Borders, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, other bookstores, it remains a major contender for the hottest you know, worldview out there. So what does a new ager hold to? Well, in the minutes that remain, let me try to tick off. And I think probably we should, you know, go ahead and take and not rush this. We should probably take this week and next week to go ahead and really cover this important topic of the new age. I think that it's important that we, uh, you know, not try to artificially compress this. Uh, Very, very important. And we can, next week, we can can also introduce... The, the spin off or the predecessor of movements, as we call them, the Unity School of Christianity, and also uh, just a bit on Christian science. Okay, so um, the New Age teaches a, a view of uh, the world and humanity, and even the understanding of hope and purpose and all meaning. In the terms of a radical transformation that is needed that we uh, as mankind have to undergo uh, in order to have this really breakthrough. In other words, we must understand that there is a transpersonal synthesis of all that we have learned From history up until now. And there is a unifying understanding of what reality is all about that boils down to one truth, one single solitary truth. Are we ready for it? Ready. Okay. So uh, the New Age, which likes to pick and choose. It's like a buffet. It's like a, a a smorgasbord. It's very syncretistic. It likes a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it joins it together in this kind of fruit salad of ideas. But the core idea of the new age, or sometimes it's been called the new consciousness, when it gets, gets to the prime reality, it says this. And this is really a good statement. I think this is something you can mark down. You can kind of memorize it. Whatever the nature of being, you know, whether it's uh, idea or matter or energy or particle, whatever the nature of being, self is the kingpin. That is the personal self, you individually, yourself is the kingpin. You are prime reality. Hoo-hoo, boy, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> You mean I'm in charge of everything? Oh, boy. I'm the president. I'm the emperor. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Pass the ice cream, please. <laughs> Load it up. <laughs> I want three cherries on top, not one. <laughs> okay, give me the whole can of cherries. Oh, my goodness. Okay, as human beings grow, I'm just continuing here on prime reality. Uh, because after all, if I the self, me, if I'm the kingpin, if I'm prime reality, uh, this is just I'm just getting warmed up. As human beings grow in their awareness and their grasp of this fact, the human race is on the verge of a radical change in human nature. Even now, we see harbingers of transformed humanity and prototypes of the new age. Bum bum bum. That's very cheesy. Okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, Nick, help me out on this. Um, so how do you feel? Okay, now th- imagine you're in some campus and you're just kind of like you don't know much about any world religion. You haven't really gone to churches that much, but you hear this. I mean, just just give me your honest take. on What would you what would you make of it? Positive or negative? I mean. Of the view of New Age, yeah, yeah. This uh, that that's that's prime reality. Okay. Uh, so if I was completely un-unreligious, yeah. probably crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You, it might be a convenient. little convenient. Uh, convenient. Highly convenient. Convenient. Yes. Yeah. It's attractive, but all, ultimately a bit implausible. Uh, yeah. Hard. hard <laughs> a little hard, bit. Yeah. A little. Do I really have the ability to command the sun to stop moving in the sky? If I'm the kingpin, okay, you know, Just let's test it out. Yeah, that's it. exactly. Let's so move on. Forget let's it. test this, okay? In the in the Christian view, of course, we have the opposite, almost the opposite uh, idea. In other words, we are. It begins by saying you are not God, okay? That's let's get this clear. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> not even close. You are maybe a reflection, okay? You have qualities that reflect compared to a book or a chair or even a cock or spaniel, you have some wonderful, yes, you share the thing called hair and a beating heart and some of the things, but you have rationality. God has rationality. You have a sense of humor. God has a sense of humor. Uh, you have moral sensibility. God has moral sensibility. Um, you have uh, the the power to envision future goals and, and work toward them. God has the power to envision future goals and work toward them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you and I are plagued with moral imperfection. God is utterly clear, pure, and dazzlingly uh, glorious in relation to justice and righteousness and moral perfection. So we are not God. So you might say, and I remember standing in the office of a pastor, an evangelical Presbyterian pastor, and I was getting ready to hear a talk. He had invited some famous guy from England into his little kind of study area, right outside his office, actually. And there was a long, um, beautiful picture of like a fall, um, kind of a creek going through a mountain glen and the trees were turning and beautiful, you know, red and yellow leaves in this fall scene up in Vermont or somewhere. And I remember the, 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 the caption at the top said two great facts. God exists. Number two, you are not he. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a great statement? it is. (laughs) Two great facts. God exists. Number two, you are not he. I thought that was great. And so the the new age denies the very message of that poster. It says God exists and you are he or you are it, depending depending on how you define it. Well, we are well into the new age and we are going to pick this up next week and charge on with points two through six. And we'll be right back then next week on The Universe Next Door. See you then.